What's up, everyone, and welcome into the Buffalo Sports Collective. Phil, we did it. We made it to July. It is July 1st, 2022. We have a fun little game that we're going to be playing at the end of this episode, but we're not even going to tease it. We're just going to make everybody wait. That's that's the tease inside the tease. We're not going to say anything about it, but we got some Bisons and Savers talk to talk about before we get to the fun game because it is the, the offseason, the the calm week before the storm that is approaching us, the NHL draft, the expansion draft for the NLL. It's uh, the calm before the crazy storm that will be July. Yeah, we've been coming up with some more unique things and kind of fun things to add to the podcast outside of sports a little bit while still keeping it, you know, within the podcast and everything. And like you said, I mean, we've been trying to come up with some fun ideas. And at the same time, we get maybe one smaller episode and even this episode had some interesting news and signings and things drop that again you're just not expecting and sports always surprises you so even when we think we have oh this will be a nice simple episode not too much on it so we'll add something everything always gets added and then like you said we got a lot coming up next week so we'll be uh right back on to full episodes pretty quick yeah it's uh it's gonna be a fun one it's gonna be a very interesting one we kind of created it on the fly when we were thinking, okay, this episode might be a little light. We got two Bison's games, some NLL news, and then Sabres kept dropping more information. So uh, I guess before we dive into it, remember you can follow along with us on Facebook and Instagram at Buffalo Sports Collective and on Twitter at Buffalo Sports Co. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out our website at buffalosportscollective.com, which has been flooded with new people. We just broke a uh, personal BSC record for the most amount of views on Monday, I think it was, Phil. Monday we broke the record. So, but yes. uh yeah, it was it was a lot of people. First time, I mean, it wasn't the first time, but it was it was a lot of people that flooded the site. So thank you all for the support, and uh, it was pretty cool seeing uh, how many people actually visited the site because uh, we're secretly watching you. We're like Big Brother, but you can also look for the time <laughs> breakdowns in the show in the descriptions of the show, so you can skip around as you please. So we'll start with the Buffalo Bisons. We got two game two games to talk about, and we're probably gonna fly through them because uh, they weren't that pretty. Tuesday they lost five to two. They actually held a two nothing lead until the fifth inning when two swings of the bat from the Rail Riders off of my boy Casey Lawrence, who used to be your boy until you did not draft him, and he came over to my side, saw the Rail Riders score four. Lopez would answer back with an RBI single to cut it to four to three, and then my old friend Greg Bird had an RBI single in the bottom of the seventh to make it 5-3, and then a young RBI single cut it to 5-4, to four, but the Bisons just could not tie it up. Lawrence took the loss in this one, going Five innings pitched of five hit ball, including those four earned runs. Grossens went two for five. Young went two for four with an RBI, and Large went two for four. And then Wednesday was very similar. They lost five to three. Bisons held a one nothing lead until the third when Francis gave up two, and then another two in the fifth inning. Bisons would add one of their own in the seventh, but the Rail Riders would answer right back of one of their own in their half of the inning. Lopez went three for four with a stolen base. Gross hands went one for three with two RBIs. Stamitz went two for four with an RBI. And two runs scored. Berman went two for four, and then Francis, in another relief appearance, went two and two thirds of an inning, allowing three earned runs, four hits, but he did have five strikeouts. They did actually lose five four in that first game, not the five two that you uh, tried to. You got to give him a little bit of credit. Oh, I you. mean, it was still yeah, the out, a little bit but more credit. Yeah. a little bit more credit. Yeah. Either way, I think the big thing you're seeing here. I mean, we kind of knew going into this series that it was going to be very tough to find any offense and the rail riders are finding just a little bit more offense than the bisons can with both of these teams not scoring a lot of runs using a lot of small ball and just having outstanding pitching but the rail riders are just 
you know, finding those a little bit of extra ways to kind of win some of these games. Again, they're both very close. We expected a low scoring cross series, but to see once again, Francis kind of just have a very rough relief outing is just, I, I don't know. We sound like a broken record at this point with how many times he has not had a very solid relief outing. I do still agree with you that maybe he just needs to get sent back down to double A again, nothing against him. We understand that he has a lot of talent and he is a talented pitcher, but sometimes you just need to kind of get that demotion to, you know, relax yourself a little bit, go against some weaker opponents, gain some of that confidence, fix whatever is just not going right for you and then send him back up and hopefully he can work his way back up into the AAA level and then maybe even for the Blue Jays. But right now, he is absolutely on just a a very rough streak of bad outings. I know he did have one, I believe, solid or at least decent relief appearance kind of mixed in there. But for the most part, he's had a lot of tough innings, especially when he's coming in relief and only doing two to three innings and just allowing so many runs. It's just, it looks very bad for him. And especially against a team that cannot hit all that well, this would have been the time to kind of dial it in and, you know, go up against, again, they definitely have some pretty decent hitters, but overall he let in all, well, not all of the, he let three of the five runs in that game. And then again, you lost five, four in that first one, but good to see some of the hitters like Rosens is having a pretty solid series. Large still doing okay. Lopez with that three, three of four and a stolen base in the second game. So Good to see that some of the players are stepping up, especially in a tough series as far as pitching goes to see some offense there. But overall, we're seeing a bit of a tough trend where the Bisons just do not have the offense to score. And even in a series where the other team doesn't have a lot of offense either, they are still doing just enough to win these close games. Yeah, I mean, it, we sound like a broken record at this point with Bowden Francis. We sounded like a broken record with the bullpen games, and we kind of were talking bullpen game, bullpen but game, bullpen game, and then it kind of got righted. The ship got righted. So maybe if we keep talking about Francis over and over and over, it'll get righted again. So, I mean, fingers crossed. We do have that effect on Buffalo sports teams in the area where we kind of bring them to greatness. So maybe if we keep talking about it, it'll it'll fix up. But like you said, Grossens, I thought he's having a solid series. He's three for eight with two RBIs so far. He's definitely stepping up in the place of Taylor struggling in this series. So if they can keep playing off each other and when one steps up, the other one uh, is if, if one of them's on a, a slump, the other one steps up. It would just be nice if both of them were hitting you know, at the same time, that would, that would be a benefit. <laughs> Lopez came on strong in this one. Like you said, the three for four in game two, the Wednesday game, the, the biggest thing here, you got to pick up some W's in the series. It's a big series just because, I mean, you're still up a game and a half going into Thursday night's game because we were recording as those ones are going on right now, but you're still, you haven't lost any ground. Uh, you still got that one and a half game buffer up in your division right now. So it's not like your two losses here are affecting you whatsoever. But I guess the other benefit, Casey Lawrence did struggle. I, I wouldn't even call it struggle. I guess struggle for him in Tuesday's game. But because he got the Tuesday start, he should get either the Saturday or Sunday start. So it it will benefit him to have a two-start week, hopefully. And hopefully that's the way they uh, they planned it out. But if, if he can get a second one rebound and you're pretty much guaranteed a win there with how he pitches – it would be nice to at least end the series on a positive note before they play that Monday game because uh, it is 4th of July. They're having that huge uh, fireworks show. Orchestra is going to be there. It's going to be a huge night, uh, the biggest fireworks show of the year. Uh, go get your tickets if you can. But, uh, yeah, they're they're 41 and 32 right now. Like I said, still a game and a half up. So it's uh, it's it's 
plenty of time to rebound and right the ship with four games to go, but uh, you got to start piling on these runs. And yeah, I mean, in a in a series where we knew the runs were going to be up for grabs and not very many of them, you got to limit what you give the Rail Riders. I think it would be interesting if they tried slotting Francis back into a starting position just to see how he does. I mean, even if you're going to go a full bullpen game and that is your plan, instead of having him in a relief role, at least let him be the starter for those two innings and just see if it changes. I mean, again, he's just not doing a very good job in relief overall. And if you just keep doing it, I mean, how many times do you see him fail out there before you try to mix it up? And with him being a former, I mean, by former, I mean, just simply not these last couple of games that he's played in. But he used to be a very solid starting pitcher, so maybe he just needs that ability to start a game. So for a player like that who is struggling as much as he is, why not just kind of mix it up for him, especially, and just try to see what it would be like if he started a game. Again, not really saying he needs to go four or five innings, but just let him start the bullpen game and maybe go two or three and just see if it changes anything. Yeah, 100%. 100% agree with that. But we will move on to the BSC update. I am up. And Phil, I, I, I did it. it. It took a, not a herculean effort, herculean, how do you pronounce that? Her, herculean effort, herculean, there, there you go. We'll go with that one. But uh, it didn't take that much of an effort to get back up to the 300s because I wasn't down by a ton. And by down, I mean, I am envisioning that I got to be above 300 to beat you now. That's yeah, my, see, own that was, my own head. That was my mind trick this whole time. Yeah. And now, even though you're plus 300, if you're not above 300, you think you're losing. And that, I, you know, I'm just going to take credit for the mind game there that even though in the overall game, I'm down by over 300. If you're not winning by 300, you consider it a loss. And I'm just going to take credit for that and uh, run with it. That's fine because that's going to keep me involved in the game. I'm not going to snooze on anything and blow a 300 point lead with <laughs> what like uh, 60, 70, 80 games left. But I am up 25, 69.9 to 22, 69.68. So just barely above that 300 mark. But for this week, I scored nine points. In those two games, you scored four and a half. And I guess with that, are you making any changes or would you like to keep rolling out the uh, the team you got right now? They're doing okay. Lopez actually had a pretty good series, and Large is still kind of hanging in there. So uh, we'll sit. We will sit on this team, and hopefully Beasley just gets keeps bouncing like a yo-yo between uh, AAA and Major Leagues. That's definitely going to happen. It hasn't been in a while. He's down in AAA, so he's uh, bound to get the call up any minute he's now. Due. <laughs> <laughs> but on our next show, we will cover the remaining four games in this series versus scranton Wilkesbury. We will also preview the next series versus Syracuse, which does start on that Monday. They'll have a rare Tuesday off. And then uh, it's a seven-game series because they're making up the one game from May 22nd that got rained out. So the, Bi- or the Bisons will be up Back even with the amount of games they should have been played so far because remember that one rain out and they couldn't make it up because it got rained out again. But with that, we'll move on to the Buffalo Sabres. We have two signings and a couple of announcements to make. The first signing, it might seem like a minor one, but uh, he's a uh, hometown boy, so it can't be that minor. They re-signed Sean Malone to a one-year $750,000 deal. Kevin Adams' favorite number. He would have likely been up with the Sabres last year had he not gotten hurt. He's a bottom six guy, so don't expect him to come on and try to be a top six guy, fill that role that is needed. In 36 games down in Rochester, he had uh, 20 goals, 17 assists, 37 points, so almost a game, a point a game down there. Two, five, and seven in 10 Calder Cup games. He was a six-round pick by Buffalo in 2013. And then the, I wouldn't call him more important, but the the one that I would call more surprising just based on the conversations that 
Kevin Adams had on WGR. I think it was Tuesday he was talking to the morning guys that uh, he was saying, hey, Anderson's still making his decision. Well, Anderson make a quick decision because he signed a one-year, $1.5 million deal to come back and play once again in his 41-year-old season, I think it is. But he played in 31 games last year. Remember, he was hurt for a long stretch. Went 17-12-2 with an 8-9-7 save percentage and a 3.12 goals against. Uh, in, in my opinion... I like having him back. I know a bunch of people were moaning and groaning like, oh, you're bringing just bring, like, bring back the same goaltending position. I like this if he's the 1B or just the plain backup. I still think they're going to address the top goalie on the roster. I hope they don't just run back and hope UPL can you know withstand and they can go 1A, 1B. I'm hoping that they're going to look into a Jack Campbell that they're rumored to be with. Brandon Holpe, Marc-Andre Fleury's out there, any of the RFAs, a trade scenario. I'm hoping that they bring in a lockdown top goaltender that can play the 50 55 to 60 games and let Craig Anderson be that backup and that mentor and the great locker room guy that he was last year I think that's the the big thing though is just waiting and seeing what they actually do I think the Bishop move that they made earlier scares me a little bit that they just don't have the urgency as a fan that I would like to see them have that they are just not going out and spending a ton of money to get to the cap floor on players that are actually going to be on your team this year. So I think that scares me a little bit. And then as much as I do like Anderson, cause I do like him. I was, you know, kind of a, a fan of his this whole last season. And I think he played pretty well given the team in front of him. And I do like him, like you said, back in that mentor position, especially if he's going to be the backup, but I think it's going to be a very interesting wait and see situation. Do they actually bring in a true one, a either if it's Campbell, Holpe again, we're not saying, a mind-blowing 1A, but do they bring in just someone more, a little bit more competent than a 41-year-old Anderson and just have him be the backup? Or, like you mentioned, which would not be great for, I don't think it'd be great for the Sabres if they try to run out UPL and Anderson as the 1A, 1B and just kind of see how it goes. So I think for me, this move, I, I have no problem with Anderson being back. Again, I do think he is a very great locker room guy and he is a pretty solid backup goalie. It just depends on what they end up doing the rest of this offseason to address the actual goaltender position. Do they roll with UPL or do they bring a true 1A in for a couple of years? Yeah, I can't remember who said it, but I remember either reading it or hearing it. And it was about, yes, Kevin Adams doesn't want to be blocking these guys, but you got to be able to challenge them. And they don't want to just come onto a role where they're, you know, they're comfortable in their position. You want to have these guys pushed. And the other thing is, I know you don't want to block Devin Levi, you don't want to block UPL. You don't want to block uh, um, Portillo. Um, Portillo, thank you. I don't know why I want to always say, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. But I know you don't want to block their development, but you also don't, you, you got to want to give the guys that on this team that are working their butts off a chance to win. And if you're just going to run it back, and I'm not claiming they're doing this, but if you're just going to run it back with Craig Anderson and hope for the best with UPL, you're not giving them the best opportunity to win. The goalie position was the biggest glaring hole on this team last year. And I know they're rumored in Jack Campbell. and I know they're rumored in the goalie department. So I'm not critiquing them whatsoever. Just don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. But if, if they go in and they don't address the goalie position, trying to bring in a 1A that can play the 50 to 60 games a night and give you a chance when your offense is struggling and can stand on his head and win you games. 
Like I said all last year, Anderson is not going to win you games. He's just not going to lose you games. You need a goalie back there that on those off nights, he can stand on his head and win you nights. A Jack Campbell, a Braden Hopi can do that. If they bring in somebody like that, I will full on believe, okay, they're giving their forwards, the defense, a chance to win. But I know you want to keep guys in here that want to be here. If you don't give them opportunities to win, why would you want to stay here? That's that's just my only point. You got to build around the team. I, I know you don't want to stifle the growth of the prospects and the young core that you got, but you got to at least provide some chances. That's your job as a GM to put the best hockey team out there with a chance to win every night. If you can't fill the goalie position, you're not doing your job. Yeah, I think, I think like the, the Bishop move, especially just after how strong they finished the season you know fans are starting to get a little bit more hope in the team you're getting a buzz back in the city a little bit about the sabers like oh okay this team can challenge maybe they can do something maybe they can come at least close to playoffs next year and then that bishop move i think just kind of sucked the air out of the out of the sails a little bit where you're like oh okay so they really don't have much interest in finding creative good ways to actually impact the team and get to that cap floor and then a move like this again I have nothing against Anderson and it's pretty much a huge wait and see situation but it's just these couple back-to-back moves I think the draft is going to be massive in kind of shaping this team and just what direction they think they're going to be going but I would have liked to see just a little bit more urgency from the Sabres overall and again it's kind of just hard to judge this move so early we'll have to see again just how the offseason actually progresses but Overall, these first two offseason moves are a little bit underwhelming and just not the urgency you'd like to see from a team that has missed playoffs 11 straight years. Like you said, though, the the energy and the passion and the excitement is slowly coming back to the Buffalo area for hockey. You can't stifle that by not fixing the goalie position or at least trying to fix the goalie position this offseason. And all those moves with free agency and everything are going to start coming down on July 13th. So I know we're still not even in free agency yet. And this signing kind of, you know, indicated, hey, it's put up a big like, are they going back to what they were last year, or is this just a backup move? And it's it brings a lot of question and a lot of doubt in people's minds, and I completely understand that. But it's more like, all right, this is the first domino. Let's see what the next domino is. If it's like back to Dustin Tokarski, then you can go up in arms. <laughs> like I, I'm ready to I'm ready to either be excited or up in arms. I'm just I'm waiting in anticipation, but. Uh, a little bit more anticipation coming up. Sabres development camp is back July 13th, 14th, and 15th. Are going to be practices open to public. This is all happening at Harbor Center. And then Saturday, July 16th, Phil, we will be out of town. We can't go to that. But it's the French Connection Tournament. It's back. Uh, Owen Power, Matias Samuelson, Peyton Krebs, Jack Quinn, um, J.J. Paterker, all expected to be there, all expected to be practicing. So if you have some time, which I know I tweeted out, I wish they would have put this later in the afternoon, evening, so a lot more people could come instead of those afternoon practices and early morning practices when you know a lot of people are still at work. I would like them to push it later, but uh, this seems to be the trend for a while. And then another thing to look forward to in September, the Prospect Challenge is returning possible five teams this year could be there phil boston and new jersey are returning and then it also sounds like ottawa and montreal are possible people to come or teams to come back and i know uh we went there once together i've been there multiple multiple years especially the one year where they had it uh at the key bank center i think it was still called key bank center back then i don't remember if it's still curled first niagara but when jack jack eichel was here and they had to move it across the street uh I love that one, but yet you almost died at one of those prospect challenges. <laughs> I sure did because nobody warned me. 
I mean, it's my own moved. fault. It's my own fault. But yeah, no, no one warned me that a puck had left the ice and into the stands and ended up directly underneath my foot. Very interestingly, and instead of warning me, uh, my friends next to me just kind of dodged it and got out of the way. But We're everything ended up. I think I still have that puck. I wasn't sure if you were looking for it there. I was going to give you an opportunity to go look for it. I was looking around my room, and um, I'm sure it's here somewhere. I'm I'm sure it is. It's not currently in plain view, but I feel like it's here somewhere. Well, well, full looks, I'll go over the preseason schedule that was released today. Uh, September 25th, they're at the Capitals, 9-27. So September 27th, they're home against Philly. September 28th, they're away at Columbus. October 1st, home against Pittsburgh. October 4th, home against Carolina. And then October 7th, they are at Pittsburgh. Not that big of a deal. I mean, not a ton of players are going to be. You're not going to see the full team during one of those games, really, you're only going to see him in practice. But it'll be a, a fun thing to track, and it'll be interesting to see if Jack Quinn can make the roster, if J.D. Paterka can push for a roster spot, along with whoever else they bring onto this team. But it's just, it's 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 less about the actual schedule release and who they're playing. It's just that, oh, crap, end of September is, like, quickly approaching. Preseason games are coming out. The schedule is going to be released pretty soon. Hockey is quickly approaching as we enter July as of today. And you know what else that means? Uh, What? Buffalo Bills are also quickly Yeah, approaching. fantasy is starting too. And fantasy. We're not there yet. We are, Oh, man, July. We are, we're getting the itch to uh, start, start pulling out some mocks, but I think it's a little oh, too God. early still. But yeah, we will cover any other stuff that breaks before the draft. Remember, the Sabres have three picks. We have two more shows before then. We got the the Monday show, and then we'll probably be recording as they are drafting on that Thursday. So uh, we'll pretty much cover that one on the following Monday show. So uh, two more Monday shows, and we'll know, at least we'll bring you what the draft picks are, and you'll find out before you listen to that show. But we move on to the Buffalo Bandits. Now we have some awards. I know we had our award show already for the BSC, so these ones are secondary, so they're not as important, I guess you would call them, as the BSC awards. But we had uh, five categories where a Buffalo Bandit was up for it, and uh, we had some winners. But Coach of the Year went to Tracy Koleski of Panther City. Well-deserved, I know. Johnny T was up for the award, but it was hard to go against a expansion team that had the most wins. I mean, he had seven wins, and that's more combined wins. I mean, New York and Rochester, I believe, were the last two expansion teams, and combined in their first year didn't reach the seven wins that Panther City did. So, I mean, you got to give it to Tracy. It, it was a heck of a season, even though Johnny T led him to a 14-4 record. It was... It was a uh, tough race, but then GM of the year went to Steve Dietrich. He tied the franchise record for wins this year. Third GM award of his uh, career here, and that ties in with the Rush GM, Derek Keenan, uh, for most of all time. Uh, congrats to Dietrich. He definitely earned this one. Defenseman of the year. This one definitely hurt, though, Phil. It went to Mitch Desnew, the uh, former bandit. It definitely stung because uh, he was a former bandit. We had to trade him away because of a career choice. Uh I don't know why you couldn't have just changed your career over uh, – I, I don't get that one. It was a lack of dedication to the team. That's a <laughs> shame on him. Goalie of the year did go to Matt Vince. It's his eighth in 12 seasons, Phil. Unbelievable. I mean, for everybody that was saying this guy is washed up, trade him. It's his fault we lost the championship. Eat crow. 
Eat Crow, the man has not lost a step. He's unbelievable. Eight in the last 12 years. Are you kidding me? That's unbelievable. He led the league in wins. He led the league in saves with 747. He led the league in save percentage at 807. He had his 130th career. Nobody, uh, No other goalie is above 110 career wins. He's just a man on a mission. He's unbelievable. And hopefully, hopefully he returns back to Buffalo next year. Fingers crossed because we would be lost without him. I, I don't know why anybody has ever trash talking him on the Buffalo Bandits. I mean, it's just, it, it's mind blowing that anybody even has those discussions. And then another award to Buffalo Bandits were up for this award. Maddie Vince was one of them, but it went to Dane Smith MVP. He had the new single season assist record with 94. So now he has the, uh, you know, single season goals record assist record and points record unbelievable again i i have to look this up because i'm very interested but he might be the only one in history that's ever held all three of those at one time probably johnny t but it's uh quite an accomplishment he led the league with 135 points and he's only the fifth player in nll history to win multiple mvps it's just unbelievable what that guy has done it's unbelievable what all these award winners have done credit to all them and congratulations Absolutely incredible seasons. I mean, I know it didn't kind of turn out the way we hoped for. Obviously, we did not win the championship. But at the same time, Dane Smith, I mean, it's just incredible to have a player like that on your team. And I can't believe that only five players in NL history have ever won multiple MVPs. I know, obviously, there are an incredibly high amount of talented players that come through the league every single year and compete for that obviously single player award including goalies as like you said Vince was also up for that award as well but still with some of the greats like Tavares and some of the other just Gary Gates and just the incredible players that have played and just how long they were at the top of their field I'm surprised that only five have ever won it more than one time I was gonna say back to back that's it's just we have won multiple MVPs but Yeah, as far as goalie of the year goes, I mean, I think even as you were describing it, I mean, just imagining the bandits without Matt Vince, even if next year you got obviously not goalie of the year, Matt Vince, but you got a top five goalie in Matt Vince. Just if you all of a sudden, if Matt Vince doesn't resign, like and you're the bandits, you're immediately in scramble mode. Like it's just imagining the bandits right now without him in goal. I think you're just you're lost and you have no idea who you're going to bring in and let alone try to bring in someone as good as he is. So like you said, I absolutely hope they are able to bring him back and they did protect him. So we are the only team that can talk to him until free agency. So hopefully they work out some kind of deal in this off season. And as soon as free agency hits, he signs here for, I don't know. What do you think in 10 years? You think a little 10 year extension? I think he can play till 50. I mean, the the man is still ripped and beyond scary looking. So, yeah, I, I think he can play 10 more years. All right. So we got Vince for 10. We'll get Smith for 10 at least. And then uh, we'll have, what, Josh win it next year, win MVP. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, we got to spread it around. Right? We will, uh, <laughs> as we do, we will call the NLL and just make sure all of this happens. And even for Dietrich, I mean, congrats to him for GM of the year. I think. Little things like that kind of go unnoticed. I mean, he did make quite a few really good moves, and even just drafting Nanakoke has been a huge thing for the team and just you know being able to find a way to trade for fields. And I think what they ended up giving up and what they ended up getting in return for just the way that Fields has been able to play and his abilities I think were really impressive. What you did get for Mitch Desnu I think is going to be harshly i don't want to say criticized because again we know it's more about geography in that one than it is about him actually wanting to trade that player away so 
it's hard to kind of judge a move like that. There's only just so much you can expect in a trade that you don't really want to do as far as we are understanding the situation. But, I mean, congrats to DeSnu for Defenseman of the Year. I mean, it, it really stinks that he's on Toronto, and I'm happy the Bandits were at least this year able to knock Toronto out and win the East. So at least there's that. Get DeSnu out of here now that he is up north and winning Defenseman of the Year. But like you said, congratulations to all of these people, even Tracy Koleski, the coach of the year I know Panther City came on real strong at the end of the season after they kind of just fought through some early expansion growing pains and they almost made a pretty solid playoff push so I think he's going to have that team looking very good next season so we got a couple more awards Dane Smith Matt Vince and Steve Priola were all named first team all league congrats to them huge accomplishments I mean they were all up for similar awards. I mean, two of them were up for MVP. Steve Priolo was up for defenseman of the year. So them being all league isn't, I, w- I wouldn't say very surprising, but it is of note and congrats to them. And to Hoka Nanako was named all rookie first team, another huge accomplishment. We we're expecting his name on that list as well. I know he wasn't up for, you know, rookie of the year, but I mean, other players just were insane. Jeff Teat went insane. Reed uh, Browning went insane as well. So, I mean, he was up against just insanely talented players as well and you kind of knew that was coming when you had two groups of rookie players coming in but credit to him I mean first team all rookie is just insane so congrats to all four of them on those awards as well one more piece of news Phil Troy accordingly leaves Buffalo where he was the assistant GM and director of scouting and was also Buffalo's head coach from 2014 to 2018 he was coach of the year in 2016 he is leaving his post and taking over the head coaching job of the Vancouver Warriors. He uh, gets Miles, or Mitch Jones back, so, I mean, it's familiar faces there. But it's definitely going to stink that he's lost. He was that, you know, very intelligent guy up in the room helping Dietrich. And I think the assistant roles under the GMs don't go as noticed as the GM role does. I mean, you get the blame when things go wrong in the GM role, but you also get all the the recognition when things go right. So him leaving that post definitely leaves an opening. It'll be very interesting to see who they replace him with. If, uh, you know, somebody steps up, if they even fill that role, who knows what's going to go on there, but it'll be very interesting to see who fills that role because he is leaving a huge, huge hole in the Buffalo Bandits front office. I think it's pretty hard to kind of understand what the assistant GM, especially in a sport like the NLL, that is, I'm not going to say secretive, but is just, you know, a little bit lacking in some of the news and things that we kind of look for and kind of can see in an assistant GM. We see it in Buffalo with the Bills a lot that a lot of their secondary coaches end up leaving and getting the next promotion in another area just because exactly like you said, Brandon Bean gets all the credit and all of the kind of hate if it's needed but at the same time those assistants are doing a ton of work and for them to get that promotion is huge same thing with Troy Cordingly I think the big thing here that you're also missing is he wasn't only just a GM and scout he was also like you said a coach and coach of the year so I think just having that different kind of dynamic to that you can bring to the scouting department and the assistant GM department you can bring like what a coach sees in certain players versus what GM Dietrich might see. And I know he was obviously a former player himself, but he's never been a coach. It is a different role as we're seeing with Johnny and his kind of development as a coach versus a player. So it is just bringing a different kind of aspect to that room. And I do think, like you said, it's going to be interesting to see if they fill it and who they fill it with. I believe your resume was submitted though. It was, it was, I think it got put to the bottom of the desk. Uh, So they'll probably get to it eventually. 
It's just uh, probably when somebody gets fired, they'll uh, they'll have to stifle stifle through all the paperwork, and it might end up in the shredder. So I might just have to send another one. That, that might be what I have to do. Did you also submit your uh, season ticket, like which seat you sit in and the the view you have? I for do. Every I do. I, I do that too. I I attach that to the back just in case they want to meet in person, where they'll know like, hey, he's going to be at this game. Let's just talk to him then, so we don't have to waste a trip. You know, he he doesn't have to waste a trip, or we don't have to waste a trip. So they definitely know where to find me. You know, you're already showing that you're very economical. Yeah. That you're you're I both going to be I in am. the same building, like you said. It's not a bonus trip. You don't have to put on your schedule. You're already money. there. So exactly, saving yeah. money, saving time. I like it. I like you. I I got I got forward thinking, Phil. Forward thinking. But Phil, it is time to play our game that we randomly created. And no, we are not stealing it away from anybody else. So I don't think we do. We are going to be playing. And uh, I guess before I say the name of it, Phil, you and I, I feel like we have been in sync with a lot of things the last few months. I don't know if it's because just this podcasting or we've been playing, you know, NHL a lot more lately (laughs) or what has been the case. But I mean, even dating back to like the three bold prediction where two of the three without even talking to each other, were just exactly the same. So I don't know what's been going on, but we wanted to test that out and see if we can sync up even more than we already are, and I didn't know that was possible. So we're going to be playing our version of the Newlywed game, and for those of you that have never watched it, I would go watch it because it's kind of fun. But there's going to be three rounds. One round each is going to be dedicated to something similar. I mean, there's there's one that's going to be more personal about each other. Then the other one's going to be about our sporting backgrounds because this is a sports show. And then the last one is going to be about Buffalo sports. So we're going to tie it all together with sports. But the first round, we're going to be asking each other two questions. These questions are going to be framed around our own personality or personal lives. So Phil's going to ask me a question that I should know about himself and vice versa. We think getting to know the people that you are listening to two to three times a week is only fair. I mean... When I'm listening to the radio or I'm listening to my podcast and stuff like that, when the person who's talking to me kind of shares something personal, I get to, I feel a little bit more connected. And since our numbers are growing and more people are visiting the website and I know our bios are on there and we talk about ourselves a little bit on that, but I feel like it's coming a little bit differently when we're talking directly into your ear. So for each right answer that we get out of these two questions, each question is worth 15 points. We're going to keep us tally and uh, see who knows each other better, Phil. I'm very nervous because I feel like these are questions that I'm going to get wrong. And the second you tell me the answer, I'm like, all right, I not only knew that, but should have known it just right off the top of my head. It's going to be one of those those situations. So, I mean, I'm excited to get going and I'm interested to see how we do. But at the same time, I feel like it's just going to I feel like it's going to fail. I'm just uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm nervous. I feel I'm the nervous. same way. I feel the same way. I feel the same way. <laughs> See, like, we feel the same way. It's great. So yeah, let's just end it yeah, here. As soon as you say something, it's going to be like, yep, yep, I knew that answer. Yep, yep. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, we're already in sync before the game even starts. <laughs> but, Phil, do you want to ask the first question or you want me to? I, I'll i ask the first question. Okay, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. So this is, I remember, kept... this, is a, this is more personal. These, yes. these are the two personal questions. I kept my first question still kind of Buffalo themed. The second one is not, but the first one is a little bit more Buffalo themed still. I don't know why I was then. I think I was hungry when I was thinking of it. But uh, the question I chose, my first question is what style wings do I prefer? Ooh, drum or flats? No, sauce, I guess. What kind of sauce? Oh, okay. Phil? Or drum or flats know. if you know that too, but... Okay, well, I'm going to go drum 
Do you like drums? It is drums, yeah. Okay, wow. Didn't I had no idea about that one. But I don't know why I know this. I have no idea. But Phil, you're a barbecue guy. I am not. <laughs> oh crap! Who is the barbecue people that, that I know? Alex. Of? Alex is big barbecue. Alex man. is barbecue. Yeah. See, I know. I know something, but no. I feel uh, like we. Ma- he, ta- he brings you're it solid up. Solid medium. Uh, I, it's mild. <laughs> oh god, I'm wrong. Yeah, this is bad. We're off to a bad start. So medium is the one where I think if you're in a group where a lot of people like hot and a that lot of people fair. like mild, yeah. it, everyone usually goes medium. And I have no problem with medium. Uh, I'm definitely not. I usually, if I'm on my own, I won't choose medium. I usually go mild because I think plain is kind of ridiculous. You got to have some kind of sauce in there. And I do like a little bit of spice. I just don't like a lot of heat. But I think medium is a good medium. It's a good me- It's a good medium when everybody's together. But yeah, Alex is the big barbecue guy and i think he makes it just so well known that that's the first thing that crossed your mind it it could have been it i i am on board with the mild but it's only if this is your first time at that location i think mild is the best choice because you don't know what their opinions of hot medium mild are so if you go the lightest Next time you go there, if you do enjoy the restaurant and you want to continue to support them, remember, support small businesses, especially around this area. There's a little plug for all you small businesses. You're welcome. You can send the paycheck to me. I'll give you my Venmo in the DMs. Or but, just send some wings. Or just send some wings. That's fine, too. But it's it's more you want to pick the mild, and then if you like it, you can build up to the medium if it's good. I think mild is a safe play. But if you've been to that location, again, you know their flavors, and you know they might go a little light on the sauce, you can actually build that up to hot. So I think I agree with you. Medium's the way to go in a big group, but I like the mild when you're it's your first time there to play it safe because I mean nothing's worse than getting a uh, ordering a medium and it's like these are our hottest wings possible alive uh, <laughs> compared to you know a normal person's hot wings. Yeah, especially in Buffalo, I feel like there's a lot yes, of places yes, that a lot of varies. That, yep. Yeah, not only varies, but a lot of places have that where the medium is, you know, twice as hot as your average place is hot. So definitely mild is the the safe first way to go. Yeah, Buffalo don't mess around with chicken wings. We uh, yeah. we all know that. But Phil, I'm going a little bit even more personal than you did. Oh, man. And uh, this should be a pretty, uh, pretty easy, easy answer here. Everybody knows I'm married. Uh, we... Did the show the day after, well, we recorded the show the day after I got married. So my question is, Phil, what is my anniversary? Oh, God. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> and you were in the wedding. I was in it. I don't know. That's one thing I'm, I think I'm brutal with is dates as far as like parents' birthdays, brothers' birthdays, you know, also anniversaries for my parents and, and my brothers who are all married. I just, I have and you? no clue. <laughs> and me, I don't know my own. I barely know. Well, my birthday is extremely easy. So luckily I was born yes. on a repeating number. So for me, it's very easy to clock. And it's also not very fair because whenever you know, I'm supposed to remember someone else's birthday. Like, well, I remember your birthday. Like, all right, I have one of the, if not the easiest birthday to possibly remember in pretty much the history of numbers. So it's a little unfair. Um, Man, I can't even get a guess. I, I know it was warm. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even it know the was, month? Uh, it was warm. Does it start with the J or are we? Are we cl- no, no, it, was, it doesn't. It was closer to September. It was September. 
You got September. I know that. All right. So we missed the Tough Mudder. All right. We're narrowing, narrowing it, down. it down. Zoning in. <laughs> so, it was supposed to be the same day as our all, Tough Mudder. I don't it's know all if coming zone back. I don't know why. I'm going to say the 19th, but I don't know if that's right. You were close. It's the 18th. Oh, man. <laughs> I was trying to use, uh, we, we record in separate houses, so I was trying to dial it in for a second, and it it, it almost came. It almost came. We just, it's a little it too far away. <laughs> we got some <laughs> some traffic interference in between. <laughs> I will give you credit, though. Saying, does it start with a J, and it's not being a J, you e- immediately eliminated three months, so you're already down <laughs> to nine. <laughs> I mean, that was a good first question. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> But uh, I won't tell Brooke. Don't worry. She doesn't listen to the episodes. So well, I know it. I know it now, and I still won't remember it. So there's that as well. That's fair. As soon as we're done recording, it's, yeah. it's out the window. I'll just make sure I go send a card right now. It'll be just a digital card, and it'll be timed <laughs> to go and send to you on September 19th, 18th. Oh, my that gosh. Works. <laughs> uh, it's already gone. All right. So we are both 0 for 1. This is a terrible start. We're so, 0 for 1. This is a great game so far. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you will know this. I feel like I talk about it enough. But it's more about my past, so I don't know if you know it. But where did my family used to vacation every single spring break? Myrtle Beach. Yep, there it is. I figured I talked about it enough, but I figured at the same time, I haven't brought it up in a long time because I haven't been back to Myrtle Beach in probably, I don't know, over a decade now with uh, how old we're getting. (laughs) So, So it's been a long time. I did cheat a little bit on this one. Well, I didn't really cheat right now, but... I just got et- done editing our uh, sports bracket, the best sports draft, and uh, I guess bracket. We oh, didn't I did draft mention it. Myrtle Beach. You did, and I just edited it the <laughs> other day, and uh, that—that's what—that's what got it. And you mentioned in that one. So if you haven't listened to that one, that's a good episode. First time in the studio, and uh, we're. we're I'm mentioning it now. Pat didn't want me to mention it, but we're sorry about the quality. It's uh, <laughs> we we did our best. We did our best, but yeah, I'm throwing it out there, Pat. I'm 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 doing it anyway. So let's see if you listen to this, and I'm not going to say anything. We'll see if you yell at me. But yeah, it's it's it was you mentioned it in that episode, so that's Dang the only it. reason I knew that one. Dang, I was trying to. Boom. I don't know. I was trying to keep it personal, but not not too too specific. So I'm well, a little upset. This little next upset. question. This next question is the very similar to the first one because oh you it, it also involves you as well. I mean, you are in my marriage and you have lived in my house. Okay. So, Phil, how long have I lived in my house in Niagara Falls? I feel like it's way higher than I think it is. Remember, you moved in the same time I did. I know. <laughs> question is how long have i been at my current house and i don't even yep. know that answer um i'm gonna say yep. five years you got it oh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the five it's like five and a couple like a month and a half or something like that but you get the number you get the five so you get the points one for one look at that we we, we really we, we finished strong we, we finished it. strong we're already syncing up here phil we're already syncing <laughs> up but we'll move on to round two and this will be about sports questions relating to our sporting histories you and i are big sports geeks we've played sports our whole lives we're still playing sports now even though we're our bodies are breaking down we probably shouldn't and i, I mean, was we talking show to up the soccer i don't know ref we the, <laughs> yeah i was talking to the soccer ref the other day and i went i don't even know why i play these kids are almost half my age now but i mean that's sad to admit they almost were but Phil's going to ask a question about his sports career that I should know and vice versa. So uh, each question in this round is going to be worth 30 points. So uh, time to make up ground here, even though we're tied. 
Yeah, so I don't even know if you know this one, so it's going to be <laughs> tough to make up ground. Um, what, and I think I still hold it, I have not actually gone back to my high school to check the record book, but I believe I still hold a certain record at my high school. So what soccer record do I hold at Sweet Home High School? I know you're a goalie, so a that eliminates a lot of the possibilities <laughs> of records. I know you also swam, so before you said soccer, I was going to be like, oh, it's it's instant, like, swimming record, duh. But then you said it was soccer. So now I'm going to say... I wasn't say, that good at swimming. I was okay at swimming. I was not, uh, not record-breaking by any means. Well, here's the thing. I can't swim at all, so... Everybody that can swim is just flat out amazing to me. So credit to all you swimmers out there, even if you're not like a professional. Even if you can just swim without floaties, you're amazing to me. Congrats on that. I can't do it. I'm going to go shutouts. See, I figured you would go that, and that is not true. Is it saves in a game? No, but I do. uh, I don't know. I think I was like top five in college for one year for saves because our defense was real bad. But anyway, uh, no, it is a, I guess shutouts, (laughs) you'd have to be more specific because the actual shutout record in a season I do not have, but I do have the most consecutive shutouts and most consecutive minutes without allowing a goal. I was going to get more specific, but I didn't think you would play that card and you did. I did. I did because I don't have the actual... Number you can only you can only say the question right. for the record you own. Right, I don't have the other one. I think I was two games off of the overall in a season record, but I had the most consecutive shutouts and consecutive minutes without allowing a goal. And Joey screwed up on defense. And Joey screwed up, up on defense in playoffs, nonetheless. <laughs> Way to go, Joey! But uh, this one's going to be one that I don't know. I don't know if I've ever said it to oh, you, boy. but based on other things in my life you might know what it is so this one's a little bit more difficult and uh there's a lot of possibilities here but phil what was my only number that i used in all my sports that i played in high school ninth to 12th grade oh my gosh (laughs) why i'll I'll give you another clue it's my number in nhl oh man it's 15 i don't know no no you're close i do i do with the (laughs) I got. I knew there was the a one number. and uh, five and two are pretty much reverse of each other. At least, yeah. I'm always know. like uh, turn, so you only ever see that right. one. You never see the second right. digit. I always yeah, just see you why. getting a lot of penalties and blowing games for us, but that's all right. That is fair. That is fair. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Is, what is, is uh, just as a bonus? What's mine? Yours? Yeah. Uh, Actually, my my number bounced around all all over the place. But what is the preferred number I would take? I want to say. 72. <laughs> what? Who am I, Tage Thompson? I have no idea. What sport did I play that would be that high of a number? I don't know. I mean, I didn't know if you were able to pick your number. It's probably a lower one, so I'm going to go eight. <laughs> Seven, it's not, it's six, not even a trick five, question. Four, it's just my favorite number. I don't know. 12. <laughs> when is my birthday? <laughs> 11. <laughs> Yikes, PK. Is it 11? Yikes. It's 11. Yes, that is okay. uh, yeah. my favorite number and preferred number when playing sports. Okay. Oftentimes, I got stuck with 22, which is doubly as good as 11, so it wasn't too bad. Yeah, that works. I mean, that, that works out, you know, your birthday. The math is there. It's up to 11, so there you go. <laughs> All right, this is going brutal for us, so this... Uh, We're one for three. Hopefully, it's at least three. entertaining. 
you know we're, we're hoping we're hoping we'll find out with the the, the listeners <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna get a lot Don't of negative, let us know negative feedback on this part of the episode all right so the second one i could not think of a good just i don't know i have a, a pretty vast sports history i guess but i could not think of good sports history questions um i feel like this is you got a 50 50 shot and I, right. i'm hoping it's a bit of a trick question but do I have any baseball tournament trophies. So as a baseball player, did I ever win or was even ever on a tournament team? And did my tournament team ever win any tournaments? Are we tossing out any possible participation trophies that are garbage? Yes, yes. This is, it has to be, yes, we had to get first place. So this is not an insult to you, but I remember, and I've heard you multiple times talking to Alex, and all through high school, you guys would sit on the bench and talk to each other, and you know, you would warm each other up in the bullpen, because I think he was catcher, you were pitcher, so I'm going to go no. I actually have quite a bit of tournament oh, no! victories. <laughs> so, <laughs> even on a My 50, reasoning 50, was there. Yeah, it, it was. It was. High school... I was better as a junior in high school than I was as a senior on varsity. I, I don't know why my, my skills <laughs> regressed toward the uh, end of my high school baseball career. Uh, I was still a decent pitcher, um, but as far as a field player, yeah, I don't know why it got worse. But uh, yeah, high school baseball, again, yeah, I was better as a junior than I was as a senior. But as far as Little League goes, tore it up, and uh, it helped that I was in that age range where I could play with the younger players and with the older players. Oh, so you cheated. Yeah. I usually had to do both where I had to play one year with the people that were a year older than me and then one year with the people that were a year younger than me. So I cheated a little bit. Yes. Yes. But yeah, I did. Uh, we won quite a bit of, of tournaments. So even on a 50-50, you still, you still got it wrong. Still got it wrong. Still got it wrong. But let's see. <laughs> this one should be a pretty big softball for you there, Phil. And no, that is not a hint. So, softball. what sports did I play in high school? <clears throat> Volleyball and basketball. Got it. You you just took the lead. I did it. I finally, finally remembered something. I, I knew that. that, that I knew was, that quite That was pretty good softball. Well. Yeah, that was big softball. I mean, I thought I gave you a 50-50. I don't know what you want from me. That is fair. You did. But I, you can't doubt my reasoning there. I mean, I've heard you guys talk about it. I sat on the bench the whole time, but I didn't remember that you probably paid Little League as well. I mean, I have a Little League baseball trophy too. Credit to me. We won the championship in second grade, and then it all went downhill from then. Like you said, your your skill level dropped. Mine did too. And I realized, oh, why am I playing a sport when I can just go play this other sport that I like more? And that's what I did. But uh, yeah, that, that rounds out the uh, two rounds of our more personal questions, I would say, to yes. describe us. And I guess we'll move on to round three, which is the finals. These final two questions are Buffalo sports related. We're tying it back to Buffalo sports because we are the BSC podcast. This can be anything the other person should know about the sports in Buffalo. And since this is the final round, the points max out. So each question is worth 50 for a correct answer. So, Phil, I went a little bit more in-depth with my questions here. Let's see uh, what your first one is for me because I got some ground to make up. Yeah, sadly, my first one is 100% a softball. And uh, oh, great. If, if you don't get it, I'm, <laughs> it's, it's, you should probably just, like, I think we might have to hang it up. I think we're just... I'm in trouble. Uh, yeah, the whole podcast will have to shut down if you do not get this question correct. But who is 
the shortest player to play for the Buffalo Sabres. Nathaniel, which I should correct that because his first name is not actual Nathaniel. <laughs> it's Nathan Gerby. I'm only giving you 25 points because you called him Nathaniel. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it is indeed Nate Gerby who wait, I did. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, oh, okay. Five, three. Wrong. Very close. Very close. Five, he is 5'4". Four? Four. Nah. Close. Did you know, which I did not know this, did you know he is the shortest skater in NHL history? I should have, but I did not know that, and, and I, I will admit I did not fully and know that. And he is only the shortest player, shortest skater because there was a goalie, Roy Warders, who was five foot three, and he ended up being a Hall of Fame goalie with a Vezina Trophy, two All-Star selections, and played from 1925 to 1937. So... I know, PK, you're a little bit on the shorter side, so for all you shorties out there, it can be done. You just got to you gotta put in the effort. Yeah, I played two sports where you are supposed to be tall, so I'm a prime example of speed kills because that's the only reason that I played volleyball and uh, basketball because I could jump and I could run fast and I got little legs, so I got to work extra more, <laughs> I guess, extra more. Than everybody else who gets to just take long strides and get there faster. I have to work harder to get to locations. The problem at your age now is that your brakes are broken and uh, yep. you can't stop. Can't stop. <laughs> can't stop. That garage door a couple weeks ago uh, felt the full force of my body because I could not stop. It's There's no brakes anymore. Brakes have been cut. Those have been cut after pre-COVID. Pre-COVID <laughs> because I did nothing during COVID. The shutdown. And then I started try to start it back up and uh, realized, oh, brakes seized up and I don't have any, you know, grease to <laughs> loosen them up. So there's just never going to be brakes again. But for me, I guess I'll tie this back into it and uh, get us back on the rails because I always get us off the rails. There have been six head coaches for oh, the gosh. Buffalo Sabres since Lindy Ruff was fired back in 2013, Phil. So you just have to name five of the six and you will get awarded your 50 points. You know, the last time we tried to play this game, it was very early in the podcast, and you answer, yeah, you asked me a lot of Buffalo Bills questions, I, I believe, with things that should be known, and I have no idea. I still have no idea, but we're going to throw, oh my gosh, this is just embarrassing. Um, All right, we got Kruger, obviously. Yes, that's one. We got Housley. Two. We got Nolan. Three. Oh my gosh, I think that's where it stops for me. Um... There's one very common one right now. Are you counting Granado? That's four. Oh, I didn't know. I don't know why I didn't count the, the current. <laughs> I was I was thinking past, not not active. All right, so I just need so one. So you're missing the one between Nolan and Housley, and the one right after Lindy Ruff. Yikes! Did we have uh, Nolan? Was the one that just burned it all down? He was the one that they brought in for the tank teams. Yes. Yeah. So you're looking for the one that was trying to get him out of the tank years. I 100% should know. Like, I feel like I feel like Former I have it, Stanley but I don't. Stanley Cup coach, winner coach. Oh, my gosh. That hurts even more. I was more. actually just hired. Pittsburgh Penguins. Be, yep, to be hired oh my gosh. as a Seattle Kraken's AHL team. <laughs> I just thought Troy Cordenley for some reason. Like, that's not, that's a different sport. Oh my gosh, this this is this is painful. This is he painful. Was fired uh, he's got a weird name, right? Like like it's Tim Murray. Strange yes, to pronounce. Name. Yeah. Wow. He this was fired is with Tim Murray because Tim killer. Murray refused to fire him. 
<laughs> I guess, is, can you name the guy who it's there took and it's over not for there Lindy Ruff? What's up? The guy that uh, relieved and took over for Lindy Ruff immediately. Former AHL coach that came up from Rochester. See that one? I, I'm way lost on that one. That seems like one of the two. like light years ago. It was. It was uh, nine years ago. Oh man! And then you're telling me he was our AHL coach. Like I'm supposed to know he who was, that was, was at that up. time. <laughs> he was not retained at the end of the year. Wore glasses. Looked more like an accountant than an NHL coach. I'm trying to focus on Pittsburgh Penguin, dude. I like how I know his backstory more than his name. You do. <laughs> it was a story, weird name. Me and my dad. Yeah, it was. Me and my dad actually took an elevator up to one of the Prospect <laughs> Challenge games, and uh, he was in it. He was eating some yogurt. Who was in it? Why do I remember that? I have no idea. I have no idea why I remember that. I was trying to get you to say his name. <laughs> I, I heard that. I ignored it. Who Who was in the elevator with Do you want me to give one? Do you, do you give up? I don't want to, but at the same time, we have listeners, and this is going too far. So I guess, yeah, so I, guess I will I will give up. I'll oh, save that one. The, uh, the coach that came up from Rochester after Lindy Ruff was fired was Ron Rolston. The, the glasses, oh, gray hair. Oh, Roly Poly. Yeah, yeah Roly Poly. And then it went Ted Nolan. And then the guy Gosh. you couldn't remember, Dan Bilesma. Yeah, see, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have picked that up, but I did. I knew he existed. That is fair. You knew he existed. <laughs> you knew a lot of the backstory. Yeah. Then it went to Phil Housley, Ralph Kruger, the worst NHL coach in NHL history, and then Don Granado, who is currently the head coach of Buffalo Sabers. So close. One off. You're so close. One, one away. One away. Phil, if I get this next question right, I win the game because you cannot come back. And you should know this one. Oh, great. I don't yeah, think no I would have. Like, if you asked me, I would have been like, I don't know. And it's Great. embarrassing to even admit that because I should know, as you should know, and I feel like you will know. But I'm not even going to ask you how many. I feel like you know how many. So what years are the Bandits championships? 1992. Yes. 1993. Yes. 2008. Yep. I knew that middle one was gonna be was gonna be and the this one the questionable. You one. want me to say it's ninety four, but it wasn't ninety four. The question is, was there a two year gap after ninety three <laughs> or just one? And I think there was just one because I think they won three of their first four, so I'm gonna say ninety five. That is unfortunate for you. It is ninety six. Dang it! I was so close. I couldn't remember if it was two or three. I should have just pulled up my spreadsheet because I had it on that, but I didn't want to cheat. I didn't want to cheat. I knew you'd get 92, 93, and 08. I was like, that that little gap one is going to throw him off, and does he, know, does he know what the year is? All right. I, I knew it wasn't 94, but I was between, it's is it 95 or 96? And I was like, I'm giving Johnny T some credit, and I gave him too much credit because he, he needed two years off. Dang it! Still alive. I think they actually missed it in 94, too. I think they missed the playoffs in 94, I think. You have to go to your spreadsheet. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll look that up right now. Let's see. Let's see here, Phil. It's it's, it's killing time, so you're here. So uh, I'm very interested to see this one because, uh, yep, they – no, no. They lost in the finals in 94. They lost in the semifinals in 95, and then they won the title in 96 and lost in the finals in 97. They didn't miss the playoffs until 99. What a what a start to a, a franchise. What an absolute monster of a start. I know a lot of people get upset when expansion teams do really well, but uh, I think they must have really hated the Bandits. <laughs> yeah, I would have too. I would have. Too. But yeah, my last question here, Phil. Oh boy, this and, is it. Uh, this this is one it. might be a little bit more difficult, but you've oh, heard no. all these names before. I'll just do it like this. I'll shorten it to make it even more interesting, more pressure on you. <laughs> Instead of the four, I was going to ask you to name name 
the t- three of the top five all-time passing leaders for the Buffalo Bills. Is is Josh Allen up there yet? Josh Allen is number four at 14-114. Right, Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly is number 135-467. You're missing number two, number three, and number five. See, uh, you love these games. I do the ones love that these make games. me look real bad. I try. And, this uh, is for the win, though. You name one of these three, and you win the newlywed game. And it's just it's embarrassing because it's not even a difficult question. Did Fitzpatrick make it up there? You have done it. Number five, <laughs> eleven six fifty four. I knew there were some older ones in there. I was like, I I know they exist. I know I should know their names, but <laughs> I just I'm not gonna know them. Yeah, he just squeaked out Drew Bledsoe. But number two is Joe Ferguson, 27, 590. And number three is Jack Kemp, 15, 134. So Josh Allen should pass Jack Kemp this year. 100% honest, Jack Kemp was it was right there. If I had to randomly take a wild guess, I was going to say Kemp. So there you go. Good for me. I'm learning from this podcast. Phil has officially won the first ever BSC newlywed game. And I don't know if we're allowed to use the word newlywed game. So to not get sued, we're going to say it the smoothlywed game. <laughs> the, the, uh, I was trying to make it Buffalo real quick. The Buley, the Buley. <laughs> let's, let's not, let's not, let's just send it there. You won. The score was 95 to 65. Clearly, Phil, we are not synced up enough to play the, uh, the BSC game we just played that uh, the name we don't want to get sued, with, so we won't say it anymore. But uh, congrats, Phil! You you Thank won a you. game. Beat me. A lot of it was some nerve-wracking questions in there. I, I feel like I shouldn't be getting nervous about these things, but I got nervous. I got, I, yeah, I want to win. You want to win. We both we both want to win. Um, we'll have to think off podcast what we would be best at if we had to do like a, a team game. Like uh, that's fair. Yeah. I want to say holy moly, but that's not that's not a team game. Like a trivia game. That'd be fair. I feel yeah. like we'd be real bad at like setting up dominoes. <laughs> yeah, very bad. I don't have patience. No, we wouldn't be able to cook because we're we're not good at that. No, I I ruined instant mashed potatoes. Can't do it. I think no. we should just end on that fun fact about your personal life. That is fair. That's another personal fact. I uh, we were Phil hosted uh, Thanksgiving dinner one time, and he put me in charge of uh, instant potatoes, and uh, I screwed him up. They couldn't do it. Couldn't Royally. Do it. So. You, you, you butchered them. <laughs> it was bad. Had to throw them out. At a, yeah, somebody else had to make them. Well, it wasn't me. That's why I'm the roll guy. I just go to the store, grab rolls, and they pop them in the oven. I don't even do the cooking. It's Whenever just... we have Friendsgiving, and like the second... That is just announced that we're officially doing it. You you immediately pop up and say, I got oh, the Oh, I don't rolls. even have to claim it anymore. It's no. just already given to me. Like, our friend Mike is the one that hosts it now, and it's not even, like, up for discussion anymore. It's just assumed. And, like, it's it's like baseball. Unwritten rule, PK gets rolls because he can't do anything else. I did bring Boston Market sides the one time that I didn't you want did. to cook. You did. And uh, they were a decent hit, so it worked, they were. They were. It worked they were out going. for me. <laughs> but, Phil, is there anything else you want to add to this spectacular fun episode before we say goodnight? No, this was this was different a little bit. And, again, I think it's good to uh, learn some more about Break Buffalo sports yeah. and Buffalo and a little bit more about us. So I think uh, I, ho- I hope, hope the listeners enjoyed it. I guess that's, that's the main thing I want to leave off. I hope... People were entertained, had some fun, and uh, obviously we won't be doing this all the time because sports are going to hit really hard really soon, so we will have plenty of jam-packed episodes, but if they ever do get 
a little easier for us or a little uh, less news. Hopefully we can sneak some of these in and have a little fun. Yeah, we have a couple more games in mind that we're still working out the details. But uh, hopefully you learned a little bit more about the two goofballs you guys have been listening to two to three times a week. You know? And I won. So right? yeah. Yeah, and if, if won. And he won by knowing two more personal questions than just the you know, the Buffalo sports ones. So credit to him. That's that's even more impressive. Thank you. Congrats. Thank you. <laughs> I, I missed out on a 50-50 question. Gosh, I'm going to I'm gonna be haunted. That would have been a tie game. We would have synced up perfectly if I would have just said yes. But on our next show, we'll cover, you know, whatever happens in the Bison series. Four more games left with the Scranton-Wilkes-Barre. And then we'll cover the following series with Syracuse. We'll cover anything else that breaks with the Buffalo Sabres, Buffalo Bills, and Buffalo Bandits. You know, fun weekend ahead. We'll cover any PLL action with the uh, Buffalo Chaos and then see if Connor Fields makes his return back to the PLL lineup as well. So with that, thank you all for listening to another fun episode of the Buffalo Sports Collective. Follow along with us on Facebook and Instagram at Buffalo Sports Collective and on Twitter at Buffalo Sports Go. Visit our website at buffalosportscollective.com. Subscribe to our channel wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure you leave us that review on Apple and Spotify. Until next time, bye bye